0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the Creative Curious. I'm your host, Jonathan Marcia. I'm very pleased to have Carly Williams and Juliana Mignola. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. In numerous bird species, males display striking plumage, which serves as an attraction for females of the same species. We will consider iconic examples like the peacock, the China pheasant, various parrot species and answer some very important questions, including, is it accurate to describe male plumage as beautiful or is it more appropriate to say that female birds find this plumage attractive? Or can birds possess an appreciation for beauty? And how would one approach addressing this question when our sole observable phenomena is that females are indeed drawn to the plumage. Is there a distinction between human beauty and bird beauty? If so, should all discussions of beauty be framed as beautiful to whom? Or is the capacity to appreciate beauty limited to human beings? And if so, what unique traits or attributes set humans apart in this reading garden? So our first question that we wanna we want bring up is, Uh, under the title of Biological Basis of Male Plumage. And the question is, investigate the biological mechanisms and evolutionary advantages that drive the development of brilliant plumage in male birds. What ecological and reproductive benefits might such plumage confer? And how does this relate to the concept of beauty in nature? So we're gonna start with Carly.
1: Well, I basically discussed the male peacocks just having like really beautiful blue and green feathers um, that have many advantages and benefits like for mating or communicating with other male um, peacocks and definitely intimidating predators. Um, Their beauty, though, represents a lot more. Um, These ideas relate to the beauty in nature because a peacock's feathers are now just known as like a symbol of power, beauty and strength, pretty much.
0: And now we direct to Juliana.
2: So, yeah, I research that, like, female birds are more drawn to plumage coloration on male birds. Like, such as peacocks are a really great example of that. Um, females tend to be, like, more dull color-wise. Um, brightly colored plumage also, like, increases their mating chances, because the females are physically attracted to them because of that.
0: Thank you for that. Um, When I considered this question, I thought of chickens and the fact that chickens, um, they have a certain chemical in their brain, as per the website, backyardpsychic.com, that um, chickens, upon seeing the color red, whether it's in the form of blood or in the form of even feathers, the blood on the ground, they will attack another chicken trying to kill them because, they one, they see the color, and two, it's a survival in, instinct because if one chicken is breeding, it can actually uh, attract foxes and wolves that are nearby that will smell the blood and come and, and kill them. So, um, you know, when you consider that, and the fact that the senses are used to detect the color. You really think about the fact that beauty is not really real to the birds. What they see more is just the color and the, the contrast of one male's color versus another male's color. And of course, survival of the fittest, they want their, uh, their offspring to have more advantageous genes. So they would want to um, mate with the one that has the best, most bright and most brightly colored plumage. Now, for the next question, it's under the perception of beauty. And we were told to examine the concept of beauty from a philosophical and psychological perspective. What is beauty and how is it defined in human aesthetics? Also, how might the perception of beauty differ among species, particularly between humans and birds? So for that, I direct comments.
1: Um, so I wrote, when something is beautiful, it's quote unquote, accompanied by aesthetic pleasure. Um, beauty is definitely an, I, an independent topic that's perceived in many ways. Um, humans pretty much just see that beauty only lives in those who see it, and every person sees beauty differently. Um, beauty defines um, a lot of things in birds, too. So basically how they live on a daily basis. So same example with the peacocks, they basically use their feathers for mating, communicating, and intimidating feathers.
0: Thank you for that, Carly. Now I direct a question to Juliana.
1: So, sorry.
2: When I was like tasked with this question, like I saw, I looked up beauty because I wanted to see the most basic answer was to the, um. Most basic and accessible answer answer to people. So, according to Merriam-Webster, it's the quality or many qualities in something that gives pleasure or creates a positive result, a positive response that exalts the mind and spirit. So, it's not so, like, when I researched about it, I found that it's not so much a physical attraction. There's a lot of chemical components with it, too. Um a lot of like when they see those important physical attributes that they enjoy, uh, their mind gets blown with chemicals.
0: Thank you, Juliana. I have to say, I do think I agree with both what Carly and Juliana were saying, but in terms of a more human perspective too, like not just in in addition to the birds, but um, even in humans, uh, Are what, what 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 we define as beautiful, is what we define as beautiful because of a feeling that we have when we see that 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 thing, and we learned this from our from our top hat um, research art, article that we were studying before about the men who were all looking at the same thing, but each of them found it beautiful or not beautiful for different reasons, and in, and in the end, one man said it's beautiful when i look at it i i, I just feel a, a certain way and the only way i can describe that is as saying that that thing has beauty that subject has beauty so it it, it really brings to mind the saying that beauty is in the eye of the Beholder. beholder. It, yeah <laughs> and and it's just true because i mean beauty is what beauty is to different people so um the next question bird behavior and mate selection. How do female birds select mates based on male plumage? What cues do female birds use to evaluate the attractiveness of male plumage? And how does this relate to their reproductive choices? Study peacocks, China pheasants, and parrots. So as we discussed before, we are gonna include those birds. Now we're gonna start with Carly.
1: So um, I pretty much wrote about, any female birds in specific, but um, it's just said that they basically choose their partners based on their bright presence and most desirable territory, territory, sorry. In other words, um, female birds will basically most um, mostly identify the one that is, you know, seems most powerful, seems more of a threat to other birds and just seems more like alpha in that sense.
0: Thank you for that, Carly. Uh, Juliana, what do you think?
1: so
2: sorry when i was researching about it um i found that female birds like such as peacocks i was researching more about peacocks because i find that they're the most um well-known example i guess you could say like very very vast and different color um colorways between the different sexes um, so females in like the peacock aspect, they think that colorful plumage is what um, leads to stronger and greater genes. They think it leads to better chances of survival and reproduction for their offspring. Sorry. So yeah.
0: Thank you very much for that, Juliana. I I have to say I agree with that very much. All the research that I found found an article from the National Institute of Health and they actually they did research on it and they they called the the fact that female birds select mates based on their plumage they call it ornamentate te, te, ornamentation and um you know pretty much the plumage serves as a visual signal of the male's genetic fitness so just like what juliana was saying it's all about what those genes can do for the offspring of them and i mean deep down how animals brains work is they will they make instinctual decisions based on whatever's best for their survival that's what animals do that's what differs between us and them and i mean and also in further research those cues can actually indicate a male's health vitality and ability to provide for offspring so i know and when you consider tur- turkeys which are similar to the china pheasants um they actually look for the one with the biggest fan because the one with the, with the biggest fan they're actually um technically they're fatter <laughs> it's, so, it's the
2: same way for peacocks too like the bigger right. the train the um the more powerful
0: yeah so they actually like they eat more they have more access to food they, you know, they're, they're more scary to predators because they're just bigger and um, that's why it's linked to their reproductive success. Now the next topic, aesthetic preferences in birds. Explore whether birds exhibit preferences for specific visual characteristics and plumage, such as color, symmetry, or ornamentation. Do these preferences align with human perceptions of beauty or are they based on distinct criteria? Carly.
1: Um, So basically, kind of still touching on peacocks, um, birds can exhibit preferences like the way they quote-unquote shake their tail feathers, I read about, um, while trying to mate. Um, I believe this preference aligns with human perceptions of beauty, too, because as humans, we also search for partners based on their qualities that we're attracted to as well, like someone being physically attractive, of course, or just someone's personality and things like that.
0: Thank you for that, Carly. Juliana?
2: Yeah, I agree with what Carly says, but I think in the case of like birds and stuff, they have more of a survival instinct when it comes to us as humans, like you generally think about like, oh, I want to I want to have children with this person because they're more attractive, so and so this, this and that. Um, But I think in the sense of birds, it's more so I want to have children with this other animal, I guess, Um, so I could provide a better, better strength and more um, chances of living for my child. Like, I feel like us as humans, we don't think about it like that as much.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I agree with you. Like, just to put it into perspective, if I had the choice of, like, you know, who the mother of my children would be, and I had a woman who needed glasses to see versus a woman who doesn't me personally i have to wear glasses to see and like i mean i i I mean as humans we we wouldn't base our decisions based on that for us it's it's silly it's just stupid but with animals they look at those factors the the more vibrant colors in their mates and the brighter colors and also they actually see the ultraviolet reflectance that are invisible to the to the human eye so their vision just, just the way that they actually see things is completely different from how we see things. So, I mean, for us, it's different than what they think. Okay, so next question. Cognitive abilities of birds. Investigate the cognitive abilities of birds, particularly their visual perception and decision-making processes. Can birds distinguish between variations and plumage that humans might consider beautiful or aesthetically pleasing? Carly, what do you think?
1: um i was a little confused about this question but i pretty much just answered yes um they appreciate beauty they appreciate that complexity and color in a bird's plumage so um when they find another bird pleasing or beautiful um obviously they don't hesitate in choosing but off also to like bounce off of the question before this one um yeah, I didn't see, I didn't realize, but they also kind of have to have that survival instinct when choosing a partner. So um, yes, they appreciate beauty, but they also have to think about like those survival instincts too.
0: Okay, thank you for that. Juliana, what do you think?
1: Um,
2: back to what you said earlier, you said that chickens see like um, ultra, like a different way than us. I, re- I found that also, so they're more inclined to mate with them, obviously, who have more colorful plumage, but there's an article from the Journal Journal Storage that really goes like in-depth about how the um, reproductive um, process, I guess you could say, um, has a lot to do with the colors. Um, it's a signal of uh, reproductive benefits.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I agree with you. Definitely they can distinguish between variations in plumage that humans might consider beautiful. But for the sake of the question and the fact that it's yes or no, and it considers beauty and aesthetics, I would have to say no, only because beauty, as we discussed previously, just, I just feel that, that birds just don't know what beauty is. You know, like they don't look at a bird and say this bird is more beautiful. They look at a bird and say his colors are brighter because well they don't say it but you know in their eyes they see the ultra they don't
2: have a sense of like attractiveness like physical attractiveness they're
0: not really attractive well yeah but yeah um these suggest that the birds have a sophisticated visual processing system that allows them to make nuanced judgments about potential mates based on their characteristics. So it's not like what we think of when we think of, as, of as, as aesthetics, because aesthetics is just the psychological and philosophical discussion of beauty and what beauty means and what beauty is to different people. So when, when, when we take that beauty out, we're also taking out aesthetics, so I have to say that. But the next question again about aesthetics, comparative aesthetics, compare the concept of beauty in humans with potential aesthetic preferences in birds how do human notions of beauty align or differ from what might be attractive to to birds is there a universal concept of beauty or is beauty subjective even among species what do you think Carly?
1: so um while well, discussing beauty in humans versus potential aesthetic preferences in birds i feel like they're similar topics um in humans. I feel like they're similar um in what might be attractive to birds because we also look for physical attractiveness. But that's what I wrote but after discussing the previous question. Um I kind of have to change my answer now. But um I just think that these preferences can change also because it's said that beauty um can be seen by certain people but like people's perception can be different about what beauty means, if that makes sense. But um, to answer the question, I don't believe it's universal because it's always evolving and changing, like I just said, um, just based on how someone or an animal interprets it.
0: Thank you for that, Carly. Juliana?
2: Yeah, I have to agree, like, especially with our conversations earlier. From when I researched, like, one comparison that I put together is, when be- when birds like f- try to look for that colorful plumage, it's almost like a when you're looking for someone to have children with who has like different colored eyes, like green eyes, bright green, hazel, blue. Like there's st- obviously studies of like um, people's uh, opinions on what color eyes, hair, um, the way people dress, like is more attractive to them. So I do think that it, it's it's not so much as black and white, it's more so gray, like when we were talking earlier, like I very, very much agree that there's not like a huge compare like way to compare. But when I see instances like this, I'm like, well, in some cases. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I have to say I agree with you and Carly both. Um The human notions of beauty can differ significantly from what birds find attractive and while some aspects of beauty like symmetry may be universally appreciated the concept of beauty itself is largely subjective and shaped by cultural and individual factors that can change in every single person's mind just based from one person to the next you could have two people from the same place raised the same way but just because you know, just because of those minute differences, what they find beautiful is is just different. And there's no real way around that. However, birds base their attractiveness criteria on survival and reproductive success, which can lead to different preferences. So I find one thing about that too is like, birds are a lot more patient than people. Like people will maybe look at their options as like, I don't know five people that I know, or maybe five people that my friends are friends with, and then which one of them is the most attractive based on, of course, a different set of criteria based on who on who you are. But you know, some people can just take that and take those five people and make their business their, their their decision, whereas other people will actually look for other people, and they'll go out, they'll go to different parts of the world, they'll go all the way across the world, they'll go online to try and find different people like
2: so, 90 90 day fiance
0: exactly exactly but animals animals they know that it doesn't matter what they think and because they can't think and they only have their instincts so their instincts is just i need a mate by tomorrow so i'm going to find one with the brightest color and when i find them by tomorrow boom that's it so that that's what i think the scientific. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, in terms of more science, the evolutionary significance. Analyze the evolutionary significance of the ability to appreciate beauty, both in humans and potentially in birds. How might the perception of beauty in mate selection contribute to, to the survival and fitness of a species? Carly?
1: Um... I pretty much just said that uh, the perception of beauty contributes to this because being strong and powerful is an attractive quality in birds. Um, literally, like we've been saying, um, when mating female birds are looking for that type of bird that's um, strongest because that's probably what they wish for in their offspring. But uh, yeah, that same survival of the fittest aspect.
0: Thank you, Carly. Juliana.
2: Um so like as we were saying earlier birds have more of a sense for survival than we do. So when when you're thinking about something like this it's kind of it's kind of hard because obviously they're going to pick physical appearance based on what they think their offspring can thrive off of. But like us as humans like I'm going to be honest most genetic factors are not physically like, cohe- like, physically, like, able to be seen, let's say that. So um, we can't really differentiate like our traits as people through beauty, whereas birds do that.
0: Thank you. Um, I think, you know, just considering evolution, and like, you know, just as the process of change in a species through time, one example that i really liked is like when you think of fish um well in this case we'll say birds. imagine they live in a jungle and they live in the canopies where everything is green if they're if if a if a female bird has two potential mates one of them is yellow one of them is green she's gonna mate with the green one so that her offspring come out green
2: yeah for camouflage and protection
0: even if she mates with the yellow one the yellow ones are gonna die because they have no camouflage and they have no way to protect themselves so even just beyond the decision of the female the only decision that survives is the decision of mating with the the green ones until eventually there's no more and then let's say because um you know when you think about the micro evolution of birds as well they, they change where they're able to live. So in that same scenario, let's say there's a genetic variation, a mutation, and one of the birds is actually brown. That bird might not survive up in the green. So he starts living all the way at the bottom where he's by the the, the branches and the dead leaves that are all across the floor and the, and the, and the rocks where everything is, you know, dark brown. So he is going to survive, and that's how they change over time. So over time, we started with maybe just the yellow and green birds, but now we have the green birds that live in the canopy, and the brown birds that live in the bottom, and then maybe even the red birds that live by the red flowers, so that's through time that we have that. So um, I will mention to Carly and Juliana we only have nine that- minutes left, uh, but we, we only have like three more questions that we want to discuss. So. Cross-species communication. Investigate whether there is evidence of cross-species communication or appreciation of beauty, such as humans creating art or music that is intended to appeal to birds. What can this tell us about the interplay between different species perceptions of beauty? Carly? I'm
1: not gonna lie, I was a little confused about this question, so I'm curious to see what the two of you are going to say about this one, but... um, well, I basically just wrote that that statement is basically true in saying that um, the species working together definitely interpret beauty similarly. Um, if two birds or two humans find each other attractive, basically just means that those two people or birds are interpreting beauty similarly. So that's just pretty much how I see it.
0: Thank you, Carly, for that. Juliana, what do you think?
2: Um, what I wrote is like an example of cross-species communication between birds and humans. So both of both groups alike sing. So oh, yeah, so there are like birds who sing and they ha- according there's an article in the Washington Post that like details how birds create songs um with the same rules that we as humans do and we have a lot of the same attributes when it comes to um i guess music and sound so it's it's very interesting when i when you look at it that way
0: i mean i definitely agree with you it's very interesting now when i think of this question i think of two very specific examples the first one being the african gray parrot which is, as we know, the the talking parrot that it makes you think, what makes the parrot decide what he's going to say he can say words, you know? So there has to be some sort of appreciation of a certain word or a certain phrase that someone says that makes the bird want to repeat that phrase over and over again. And then at the same time, when you think of people and birds, there are people that learn bird calls because they find them be- beautiful because, you know, there's the sounds, the way that the whistles sound. And I mean, personally, I find them beautiful too. I, I don't really know why. I just kind of like hearing them. I think they're pleasant sounds. Um, I also think they're, they're soothing, they're relaxing. It's very easy to just forget about other things and focus on a sound, for, for me, at least. So, I mean, there definitely is a lot of interchange of beauty between birds and humans. And then of course, between humans and birds, when you think about the African great, great pair So the next question, interdisciplinary approach, encourage an interdisciplinary approach that combines biology, psychology, philosophy, and aesthetics to gain a comprehensive understanding of beauty in the natural world. Carly, what did you write for this?
1: This question I wrote that um, first biologically and psychologically speaking, um, beauty is defined as something or someone having a positive aesthetic value that can contrast with an ugliness component, of course. Um, But in the natural world, beauty can be represented by qualities like the symmetry of shapes, um, a proper mix of colors, um, like blue and yellow, for example, just make green and the harmony of songs. Um, Like you were saying, for example, that um the songs that people sing about birds or like people um bird calls? Yes. That's the word I was looking for, sorry. <laughs> um the bird calls that people um learn are aesthetically pleasing to hear as the same way that ours aesthetically pleasing to see.
0: Okay. Juliana?
1: Um hold on i'm reading the
2: question
0: (laughs) that's why we have five minutes
2: yeah i'm sorry um so i didn't really write anything about this question because it kind of confused me but what i think about it is that like we have aesthetics throughout our whole our daily life like we as people now like consider to belong to aesthetics like you see people like calling themselves like different um different like genres i guess you would say different types of people and um i just feel like it also creates a sense of belonging within those people creates um sense of community
0: thank you um my personal interpretation of the question When she said, well, when I read biology, psychology, and then philosophy and aesthetics, it kind of broke it up into two very, very different things like polar opposites, which on one side you have biology and psychology, which is based on facts and research that can be backed up through experiments that they've done, data that's been collected, both quantitative and qualitative, versus philosophy and aesthetics is really just, you know, exploring what people think and it's not really based on facts so you know it's it's hard to to combine both sides of those approaches but when you do think about birds you know there are biological and psychological ways of explaining why certain birds are attracted to each other and why humans are attracted to birds even and then but there also are philosophical and aesthetic ways that we as humans can use to define why we think birds are attracted to each other which are also reasons why we think we are attracted to each to each other as different people so our last question is going to be ethical implications reflect on the ethical implications of attributing and or denying the ability to appreciate beauty to non-human creatures how might our perceptions of beauty and nature influence conservation efforts and our ethical treatment of animals? Carly, please keep it brief.
1: <laughs> um, sorry, I was on mute. I was laughing. But um, what's it called? I, I'm i honestly going to have to say that I wrote a very short answer for this because I kind of ran out of time. But... Um, basically animals that were denied the ability to appreciate beauty at its fullest form um i feel bad for them and um uh yeah this question's a little confusing anyone else want to answer to help me out (laughs) yeah yeah wait can i go i I think that like if we don't
2: respect nature they won't respect us vice versa karma goes around what comes around goes around um i also feel like we as people don't really think about nature, or the mass majority of society doesn't really think about nature, like in a very appreciative way. So we do disrespect it a little. So I feel like if we don't respect it, deterioration will commence.
0: I completely agree. The one thing I think of when I think of this question is frogs. My mother hates frogs, hates frogs, but she won't kill them. She <laughs> how out kill them. She knows that she can go out and she can buy poison and put it outside or I can even just go out and get rid of them. But we don't get rid of them because we understand that frogs have a very crucial role in the ecosystem. And, you know, it's the same thing with any other pests, snakes, rats. Sometimes people don't like them because they're scary and they're smelly and they, they poop everywhere and you have to clean up after them and you don't even want them there. But in the end, snakes eat rats, rats eat bugs. If, I mean, if there was an an, an imbalance, there would be a lot worse thing. The B movie, explains that very well. Um, so we're out of time, but uh, I want to thank you for joining us so much today, Carly Williams and Juliana Mignola. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Our Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious. Bye-bye.